Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Captain Jim Palmer, the dream business coach. Welcome to another fantastic episode of Dream Business Radio. I have a great guest today, Zach Logsdon, and I'm going to read his bio, and we're going to jump right in. You're going to love this show. Zach is the CEO and founder of Old Hat, a strategic marketing company specializing in the sports and entertainment industry. Over the past 20 years, he has worked with more than 150 sports and entertainment organizations to help drive attendance to their events and venues and improve the experience for fans and attendees. Zach has successfully run Old Hat for more than 15 years, having grown it from one employee with one client, I think we can relate to to employing nearly 100 people combined over that period and partnering with nearly every major collegiate athletic program in the nation, along with multiple professional organizations. Additionally, Zach has written two books on the topic of sports in the entertainment marketing field. The first, If Not For Athletics, is a collection of inspirational stories from athletics administrators around the nation about the times when they witnessed the true power and impact athletics can provide. Recently, Zach published his second book, Winning Is Not A Strategy, A Game-Changing Approach to Driving Attendance, which is a guide for those charged with reversing the trend of declining attendance at sports events. I got my own thoughts there, but I'm going to hear what Zach has to say. (laughs) While focused on athletic, his second book contains methods and advice that are applicable to any industry looking to increase traffic at their events and venues. And he also hosts two podcasts. One is called Stop the Clock, which retells stories of inspirational sports stories from the words of those who live them. And also, the uh, other podcast is called Winning is Not a Strategy. Zach, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. I love talking with entrepreneurs who um, really have a focused niche, and I, I suspect you got some really good marketing chops, but you're also kind of focused in that um, kind of sports and entertainment field. And if, if that wasn't enough of a niche, you really help people drive attendance and, and choose certain venues over another. So, I mean, that's, that's kind of head of the pin niching. Would you agree? Absolutely, yeah, and and for years and years, you know, we were we were primarily just you know, we were a creative shop. You know, we 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 made marketing materials, and, and then um, started to see, as as been in the business long enough, and and happened to be a part of it. As uh, we're seeing such a huge decline in attendance, we decided to really refocus our efforts because um, what what we were doing and what the industry was doing. Um, because of all the competition out there for for fans time uh we thought well uh what we're doing isn't working so we, we really need to to dig in and figure out why and reposition and and so we're what started 15 years ago as a creative production house uh focused on sports is is now more of a strategic marketing branding identity data research all that combined uh agency um today. I'm fascinated with that, Zach. And I want to ask you, do people, and I don't know who hires you to the, to the venues, the, the, the owners of the teams or, or universities, I don't know what, but do they really want to hear why attendance is dropping or do they just want you to fix it or 
what what are those meetings? <laughs> <laughs> you know, what are those meetings like? <laughs> no, I, I think they're interested to, to know that the whys of it. It's it's not it's it's not rocket science. You know, uh, we uh, we have more competition than we ever have. Twenty, thirty, forty years ago, uh, when we were kids, uh, if we wanted to listen to. Um, to a football game or, 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 or see a football game better yet, uh, our, our options were to, to either, uh, go, um, and, and have a great experience, uh, seeing it live and in person or watch it on a tiny little tube television that had, you know, terrible picture. Uh, you couldn't really see what was going on, uh, or listen to it on the radio. It wasn't a guarantee that your, your, your event was even going to be on television. We had to listen to it on the radio. So attending was, uh, was the best way to consume that piece of entertainment. Uh, fast forward to today, and you have you can you can walk around, you can be your at your son's baseball game while watching your favorite professional team on your phone. You don't have to. Uh, it's not it's not just that we're competing with the couch. We're competing with every. You, you can literally watch virtually any sporting event uh, anywhere in the world and, and then on the entertainment side you know people are putting their concerts on Netflix you you can you can you can get the latest uh, movies uh, easily on your home television and uh, and you don't have to attend to get to get the best view of the game or the, or the event there really is so much competition I think I read in your intro or you know you're into sports and entertainment I happen to believe sports is entertainment right so it's, it's, absolutely yeah for, for sure yeah, and I'm, I'm curious about this, and I've, I've probably got a lot of level one questions I should be asking, but I'm going to dive right in. And by the way, you can punt this or not answer it or do whatever you want. <laughs> one of the things that I've noticed in the last few years is um, whether you're watching um, certain sports channels, and I won't name them, but we kind of know who they are. It's, it's, it's the, the entertainment value of watching the sport is now being blended with, with other messages, whether it's political or uh, other things. And it's, it's becoming so – it's not just a sporting event. or You can't just watch a game with your kids. You know what I mean? Do, is that part of it, or, is, or do you not get granular like that? Um, you know, that's not something that we, we necessarily look at from the marketing side, but, you know, in, in, in driving attendance. But it definitely affects, uh, affects the industry a great deal. You, you, know, you didn't used to have – I shouldn't say relationship, a personal relationship with the athletes, but I don't know what else to call it. You – you follow these people on uh, social media. You see them uh, day in and day out in, in every form, or uh, you can watch ESPN all day long, right. and they're digging into their lives. Uh, you know so much more. They're not just they're not just somebody you watch on Saturday afternoon anymore, or Sunday or Monday night anymore. Uh, these are these are individuals you know everything about, and that affects. Um, the level to which you are or aren't a fan, and sometimes that is works to the benefit of the organization, and sometimes it works adversely against the organization. If you have have somebody that isn't um, isn't necessarily uh, somebody you want to be following or or want your kids to be looking up to, so it's definitely. Uh, affects things. Most of what we do is on the collegiate level. I would say ninety percent of what we do is on the collegiate level. So you. So you don't have quite the access to the athletes that you do on the professional level, uh, but I definitely think so, that's that's something that pro teams face and have to deal with, is is just the the level of access that fans now have to their athletes. And I think you know whether it's uh, Penn State or wherever you go, I mean the the especially the alumni they have such a close connection to the school, 
Um, why do you think attendance is dropping? I, I think it, it comes down to the simple fact that, as I mentioned earlier, I, I, I can I can watch the game. Uh, I'm, a, I'm an Oklahoma Sooners fan. Uh, been a Sooners fan for m my whole life. Uh, love OU football, and uh, I can watch that game from home on my couch with air conditioning, uh, cheaper uh, beer, uh, and um, and I can sit right next to my kids, and I'm not cramped. And the view on my 60 inch screen high definition screen is better than i'm gonna see uh, at the game um so there's and it's gonna cost me 100 150 bucks a ticket so I, I got four kids so to take my my wife and four kids to a game it's gonna cost me you know 900 to get you know, to a premier game um i'm gonna sit uh it's gonna be too hot or it's gonna be too cold i'm gonna be cramped um and I'm going to have some guy next to me screaming at the coach the entire time and using profanity and, and just, you know, driving yeah. me crazy. Yeah. The, the, it comes, it's, it's that simple. And it used to be uh, it, that I had to put up with that in order to view the game and have the best, uh, experience. Now the experience watching from home is far better. Uh, it, I, I compare it to, you um, you, you buy in a, buying a soda pop, let's say, why, why would I go down the street to Seven Eleven and buy a soda uh, when I have one in my refrigerator, unless the experience of going to Seven Eleven is far exceeds walking to my own refrigerator, um, it, you know, and that's that's ultimately what you have to do. You have to make the experience of going to that sporting event or movie or concert hall, uh, whatever it is, so much better than viewing it um, at home. And, and that's and that is why we're losing fans is because the venues have not caught up with the at-home experience. Um, and you start see it, it, it's not like people, it, you know, the 80,000 people that were uh, attending football games at Alabama last year, it's not like it went to zero. Uh, it's just slowly uh, trickling less and less and less every year. And until we start bringing in new fans by giving them a world-class experience and marketing uh, the right way, um, Th then we're going to continue to lose them. Yeah. I mean, that's in a way, that's what, that's, I think Disney's whole strategy. They, they don't spend money on marketing. Like, Hey, we got great rides. We got a clean park. <laughs> they put it all into the experience and that, and therefore people want to come back. Is that, is that a lot of what you do? And, and from a mark, if it is from a marketing perspective, Zach, how do you, how do you sell that message? Well, it it is about helping with the experience and then informing, you know, you, you got to get them there once and then you got to keep them coming back. So, there's, you know, it's, it's two aspects uh, of the marketing. It's it's getting them there the first time and then giving them such an amazing experience. They keep coming back. And and on, on the front front side, what we do is a lot of research into you know, each market where each uh, team is located. Uh, what what is unique about them? What is unique about the market? Uh, we look at census data. We look at demographic data. We look at their we analyze their pricing to see how they compare um, in the marketplace uh, against other uh, other forms of entertainment that 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 may they may be beat, getting beat out on. Um, but a lot of it's the the positioning of their brand. Um, we make the mistake in athletics a lot of thinking uh, we just have to market that there's a game that we have athletes shooting a basketball and we focus so heavily on the emotional side of marketing, you know, the, the high impact, heavy excitement, um, 
you, you see these uh, TV spots or radio spots or whatever it is, uh, or, or social media uh, um, graphics that, that promote the excitement of, of athletics. Well, I can, I can see that at home. I don't have to be there. And so we need to focus away from the emotional uh, or at least um, uh, you know, it's an emotional game. So, so you don't want to get entirely away from it, but there, there have to be all the rational reasons, logical reasons uh, you attend sporting events to go along with that. And that is, you know, whether it's spending time with your kids, whether it's the, you know, just a, a great day of, of being outdoors. There's so many other things about a game day, whether it's inside an arena or, or at a football stadium. There's so many other things that are appealing about going, and we don't spend enough time figuring out what those things are that are unique about your program. And then promoting those, we, we, we take the easy way out and say, you know, show home runs and we show uh, quarterback sacks and, and, and Hail Mary passes and, and all this stuff, which is exciting. But we have that, but so does the, so does the, the team across, across town. They have it too. Every, every sports venue is going to have home runs or slam dunks or three-pointers. Um, so, so we have to figure out what's unique about us to get them there the first time. And then again, when they, when they arrive, we have to um, give them such an amazing experience. I say this all the time. It's not enough to be good uh, anymore. We have to be great when it comes to our game day experience. Uh, We have to be amazing. Every aspect of the game day experience has to be amazing. And that's something we help programs with too. We'll go do a game, what we call a game day experience audit. And from pregame tailgating um, to to the uh, you know, ingress egress of the stadium to wayfinding to uh, concessions and, and halftime, we, we analyze all of it and we rate it and we help programs uh, create that first class amazing game day experience. You know, it's interesting. Um, about 25 years ago, well, way way back, um, I'm originally from Philly, so I'm a major Eagles fan. And um, about 25 years ago, I, I somehow saved up about $150 and took one of my uh, teenage sons and his friend to a, an Eagles game. And we, we had beer spilled down the thing, came running down all over our feet. There was the F-bomb all over the place. It was horrendous. Mm-hmm. And, you know, right. not that the Eagles can control all of that, but believe me, that was a lot of money for me back then. And it was such a big thing. And it was like, oh, it's like, how do I get the hell out of here? Um, you know, right. I, yeah, definitely. That's definitely a part of the experience and, and, and something that would make you second guess dropping that kind of money on a game again, for sure. Yeah. And I love I like how you talk about a great experience. I really think it is experience when you think of retail, which is, in my opinion, generally dying. But you think of who's doing well and you got these giant outdoor stores and and, you know, it's not you, it's not you don't just walk into cement floors. Every department, you know, either has stuffed bears in the hunting section or you got streams in the fishing. I mean, it's like a place people will drive an hour and a half to go to for the experience. And I think on the entertainment side, my opinion, you know, somebody like Kenny Chesney is and I think he learned it from Jimmy Buffett. He has such an affinity with his fans and the tailgating and all the things going on. People get so wrapped up in, in that experience, they're willing to, you know, just go to these venues, even though you can drop a CD in. If, well, maybe, I don't know if a CD is antiquated now or not, but, you know, listen <laughs> right. to MP3. But, I mean, that's really it. I want to ask you about your book, um, Winning is Not a Strategy. First of all, what a title, because it almost makes you crick your neck and go, what do you mean winning's not a strategy? <laughs> Tell me about that book, Zach. 
When I started in sports uh, 20 years ago, um, it, it, it is a cliche that is said way too often, and I heard it for the first time back then. Uh, if we'll just win games, attendance will take care of itself. I've heard I've heard that hundreds of times in my career from clients all over the country at every level, and it makes me so mad. Uh, winning is not a strategy for increasing attendance at events. Uh, uh, not only because there are plenty of examples of winning teams that are losing attendance and losing teams that are that that have no problem packing fans in, but because we have no control over that, we can't. As marketers and administrators and and front office executives, we can't rely on the performance of a bunch of twenty year old kids uh, to do to do our jobs for us. Um, and we, it, it, you know, it, if if the team is good, outstanding people. People do show up to see a winning team, but because we have no control over that and because uh, there's plenty of examples of, of teams that drive attendance and have packed ballparks despite the, the performance on the field, we have to look at other ways. We have to look at other strategies, and winning is not Winning is not the one, uh, so that's where that came from. I can't, I can't tell you how many times, and, or and how sick it makes me to hear to hear that statement. Because, like I said, one, it's not true, and and two, um, we have no control over it. So you know, we, 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 it would be like it would be akin to um, you, you know Ford if they have uh, you know trying to to market their their new Mustang. If one year um, if the, the Mustang is terrible, the next year uh, or the, the salespeople say, you know what? Let's just wait till the Mustang's better, and, and it'll sell itself. Yeah. Uh, you can't, you can't, you can't wait till the product's good. You have to sell the product you have. So that's clearly a book you you wrote about your expertise. Is is your other book, if not for athletics, is that is that kind of like your your passion for sports, or kind of tell me about it that? It really is. Yeah, if not for athletics, was was born out of it was actually, <laughs> believe it or not, the the marketing book, which is the second one. If not, uh, the winning is not a strategy. Uh, the, that was what I set out to write at first, and the, the and the first chapter was going to be all about the impact of sports and why sports is important and why we we should be driving attendance and and why it's so important that we have people viewing our and participating in sports. And that first chapter ended up becoming an entire book, so I had to shelve the uh, shelve the idea. But it was it's a, it, it was I thought um, uh, you know, all the reasons that sports, uh, the way that it shapes our lives, and the and the things you don't think about about the way it shapes our lives, it, and and really amplifies and, and enhances uh, our lives. Uh, a lot of, a lot of times you don't you don't think about those things. And I started thinking about those things. Sports has been hugely important to me. I'm not an athlete. However, I did grow up going to sporting events with my father, with my brother, with my, 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 my family and my friends. Um, and they're some of the best memories of my entire life and the things I learned uh, from uh, uh, going to those events. Um, even as a fan, learning to lose uh, um, is an important lesson. Um, you lose – we lose every day of life in some capacity, and sports, participating in, in it as, you know, as a kid and attending those events and having a passion and seeing your team lose, it kind of it kind of helps you know how to work through that stuff. Uh, winning with grace, uh, it helps you with that, and, and, and a, a collection of many other lessons which are outlined in that book 
uh, if not for athletics. And then it's, it's backed up by stories that I was given from uh, all these lessons are backed up by these stories that I was given from these athletics administrators, some pretty big names in collegiate athletics, uh, and, and, you know, and, and, uh, um, uh, some, some people that played professionally, so a lot of names that, 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 uh, sports fans will definitely have heard of. Um, the re the, 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 the times in these people's lives when they witnessed how impactful, uh, sports can be, and, and one, 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 you know, promoting equality, um, you know, the importance of, of coaching, you know, all of these things that we go through. And, and, and like I said, each chapter focuses on a, a different kind of a, a lesson that we can learn, uh, an aspect of sports that's important, and then those stories uh, from these athletics administrators. So I don't want to put you on the spot. I looked at the, I looked into the book on uh, Amazon there. I mean, it looks like you got about 40 or 60 interviews in there. Is, does one of them stand out? I mean, was that like the, I think as, as you know, people, entrepreneurs, whatever, we all have, this would be my ultimate get. Was there anybody that stood out like that or, and, or the advice you got was just like knocked you over? You know, there were, there were, there were so many and, and some that I, no matter how many times I read them, I get emotional when reading them. Uh, they, they pulled the heartstrings and, and there's, and they're so great. Uh, a lot of the stories, um, I, I'll tell you the one that really kind of knocked me over was the last story in the book. Uh, it's from a, a, a good friend uh, named Chris Del Conte. That is the athletic director at the university of Texas. And he talked about how um, sports promotes uh, equality and how um, he grew up. He actually grew up. His parents ran a, uh, for lack of a better term, an or orphanage there. It was, uh, it was a boys, it was a boys home. Uh, people with no parents, people with nowhere to go came to this, to this boys home. And he, he lived among uh, this, all these kids that were outcasts. They were not accepted in, in the community at all. Um, they, they were frowned upon. They were, you know, just, just not welcome and, and, until, uh, a couple of them started playing high school football. Mm. Uh, and he said it was like almost overnight, these guys who previously, uh, were, were nobodies were all of a sudden, um, you know, girls were calling to the house. People were coming to pick them up. Uh, sports put them on, uh, on an equal playing field. Um, both literally and figuratively, um, with everybody else uh, on the field. And if you look at sports on the field, um, your race doesn't matter. Your your uh, socioeconomic background doesn't matter. Uh, you are equal to everybody on that field, and it, it it's about your talent and how hard you work and what and, and what you're putting in. Uh, and and it your people that never had a chance in life. Um, sports provides them that. So um, there are so many stories in there uh, about kids that uh, you know grew up with with nothing, but sports gave them um, a, a, a college education that they never would have had access to. And it doesn't just change their life; it changes the life of everyone that comes after them and their family uh, because they're able to get that education. It's just. We don't, we don't, you know, it, people say it's just a game and it's so much more than a game. It sports does so much for so many people. Um, a, and it sounds like an amazing it, book. <clears throat> and, well, um, I, I, you know, I hope so. It was definitely a, a, a passion project and, and, and something that, uh, that I'm very proud of. Well, hopefully you got it in Kindle because since I moved on the boat, I don't have a big library anymore. <laughs> so I'm going to get it. It is on Kindle. It, awesome. It's on Kindle on, on, on Amazon and, and paperback as well. 
What a what a fun interview! My gosh, I got about I got less than two minutes, but I want to give you a chance to tell what's your website. How do people get the books other than Amazon? I guess they can get them at your website or. Just give give your four one one information. So for for all the information about me, uh, ZachLogsden.com. That's Z A C L O G S D O N. That's kind of the repository for all information about me on my my speaking engagements, uh, the two books, uh, links to the two books, also, and also the the links to the podcast as well. Winning is not a strategy. We're in season two of that. Uh, talking to minor league executives. That's available on Apple and uh, Spotify. Um, but, but yeah, um, please, please check out my website. Old hat creative is, is the, is my company website. Uh, check that out as well. Um, but thank you so much for having me on the show. This has been a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, seriously, I, I, I always tell when I'm enjoying myself because I, I look up and it's like, you know, half hours gone by. And <laughs> I always get, if I'm having a good time, I know my, my listeners have a good time. Zach, thank you so Absolutely. much. Man. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks again. Hey, folks, that wraps up this very special episode of Dream Business Radio. I am Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach. No commercials today. i got to zip out of here. Connect with me on social media. I'm everywhere. Until this time next week, another fantastic interview. You take good care. Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free Dream Business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.